0: You are all very welcome, and we are, as always, so glad you're joining us for another flowery audio sensation. That is Fabulous Flowers TV podcast number 19. Here for your very own listening pleasure, as usual, are myself, Lucy Nolan, and our resident celebrity floral expert, who is currently on a little sojourn, kilted, sporraned, and embracing all things Scottish for the next few days. It is, of course, the Highland Fling that is Paulie Hawkins. Hello there, Paulie. How are you doing?
1: Hello there, Lucy. Greetings from the Highlands of uh, Bonnie, Scotland. I'm very, very well, thank you. And it's gorgeous to be up here, surrounded by beautiful mountains and soft heathers and craggy rocks in uh, the Persia Highlands. And it's just beautiful and it's lovely to link up with you down in sunny Sussex is it sunny down there darling
0: it's not bad it started off sunny this morning it has however turned into a little thundery session this afternoon so we've had all manner of weather conditions a little bit of hail a little bit of thunder a lot of rain a peak of a sunshine and several power cuts so another challenging day um but good actually all good all good thank you very much
1: Lovely, lovely. You know, we've had a little bit of that up here in Scotland. It's been a bit sort of um, burning blue sky and lovely sunshine, and then um, absolute biblical rain. But um, I know that's when you know you're old because you talk about the weather the whole time. That's what I've decided. So I'm going to be young and um, full of um, vim and vigour. And um, just tell you how delighted I am to be focusing on some beautiful Highland deliciousnesses this week, Lucy. Um, And as you know, after putting our heads together, we've decided to start with probably the most widely recognised Scottish bloom. Are you ready? We need some bagpipes here, actually. (laughs) It is (laughs) the, the lovely thistle. England has the rose, Wales, the daffodil, Ireland, the shamrock and Scotland, of course, the thistle. And the Scottish thistle is the oldest recorded national flower and is probably one of the most well-known and easily recognised symbols of bonnie Scotland. It's actually a humble weed. Um, it might seem an odd symbolic choice, but really what could be better than a native-born plant, which is as bold as it is beautiful, Lucy?
0: Hmm, that sounds a little bit like you, Paulie, a little bit bold, but still beautiful. I can go with that.
1: <laughs> it's the Highland air, darling. Um, but there's a rich history, and there are several legends surrounding the thistle. And um, we'll take a closer look at those later on in the podcast. But the Scottish flowering thistle plant is uh, the Asteraceae family. We're starting off with a little bit more Latin there, Lucy. So that's the same mm-hmm. family as many flowers we've talked about previously on Fabulous Flowers TV, including the, the splashy sunflower, the jolly daisy, mm. and of course, the wonderful aster.
0: Mmm, gosh, yes. And I think also, Paulie, I've put another bit of Latin in here for you, haven't I? So I'm going to hand the old, uh, the floral baton straight back to you. (laughs) I was trying to
1: avoid that bit, but um, while you're ready for this, listeners, I'm going to do our little bit of Fabulous Rouse Latin today, Uh, all thanks to Lucy. She always makes me do this. The thistle. Mm -hmm. It is the Onopordum acanthium. Oh, very
0: nice, Paulie. (laughs)
1: This Scottish treasure is native to Europe and Western Asia and is also widely naturalised elsewhere in the world with especially large populations of those thickly plants, thickly prickly plants in the United States and Australia. The Scottish thistle is a resilient little weed that has always bloomed across Scotland's wonderful landscape. But it wasn't until the 13th century that its place in the country's symbolism and history really began. Very
0: interesting. Oh, I know. That's absolutely right, Paulie. And in fact, one of the best-known thistle legends takes place in the mid-13th century during a surprise invasion by soldiers of the Norse king Harkon at Largs, which is one of uh, Scotland's most western coastal towns. Story has it that after coming ashore, the Viking force planned to creep up on the Scottish clansmen and highlanders and overcome them while they slept. This required an amount of stealth and silence so as not to arouse the sleeping Scotsmen. So they had to go barefoot, which proved to be their undoing. Unfortunately for those unwary Norsemen invaders, one of the soldiers bare feet came down on a Scottish thistle. Oh, his cries of shock and pain were enough to wake the sleeping Scots. Leaping to their feet, the clansmen charged into battle and the rest, as they say, is history. And yes, the fiery Scots were victorious. Legend has it that because of the heroic role this prickly native plant played in the outcome of the battle, the thistle was immediately chosen as the national emblem for Scotland. Oh, gosh, I love
1: that, Lucy. I mean, who doesn't love a legend? I mean, I love that. Mm. And I think you'd know if you trod trod on a thistle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) ow, 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 ow. But I have to say, um, for me as a floral decorator, the thistle's very much a salute to the sort of wildflower hedgerow look. Um, It's not a flower as such, but it's very architectural and a wonderful foil to blousy lovelies that I'd normally use, Um, you know, such as peonies and roses. It's Mm -hmm. just a a lovely sort of contrast. Um, And the the thistles that grow in the fields um, are the look that I try to create in my floral decorations but the reality of using those um would be a very painful one as I think the Norsemen have just sort of uh, you know shown us um but unbelievably thorny uh the, the thistles in the fields and really difficult to deal with without serious protection it's a sort of health and safety issue there Lucy mm-hmm. um there are a few other fantastic flowery options commercially grown where you can get that look without all those vicious thorns and nastiness. And the one I'm going to celebrate first as a commercial cut flower, which is great for using in floristry, is the oryngium. The oryngium.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and there are quite a few varieties and uh, they're very, very easy to, to, to use. There are you no know, thorns, they're easy to handle, and they deliver a fantastic spiky and slightly rustic look. They come in a beautiful natural muted blue A smart sort of palish whitish grey, which is quite chic. Um, And then there's a lovely blue one with a a green tip on it called Supernova. Sounds quite sort of um, Mm. space age, doesn't it, Lucy? Um, Mm. And it's got a fantastic apple green tip. uh, And I'll definitely pop up some pictures of those on our Fabulous Flowers Instagram for the listeners Mm. to view. Um, Have you ever used them in a vase, Lou?
0: No, I haven't. I I would probably be a bit wary of using something like that because I, A, would be worried about it being prickly for people as they pass or, or nearby. So it's good to know there are different options. And also, I'm not sure I'd be brave enough, but working alongside you, Paulie, I'm gaining confidence as we go through all these flowery podcasts. So I might even have a go at this.
1: Well, yeah, I mean they are they're they're not too vicious. They, you know, as I said they haven't got thorns on them, but they are slightly prickly, the actual the um the, the head of them, but I'd use mm-hmm. them in table decorations, tied bunches, the odd one in a buttonhole, um, a large arch decoration to add a lovely scoop of the natural landscape. Um, mm-hmm. but what I would say with most blue flowers, they need to be in a well-lit area. Otherwise, they can just disappear into the shadows. And if you're going to sort of spend that money on a really super oryngium, um, mm. you want them to be uh, all singing and dancing. And they're a lovely Scottish touch for a floral decoration. Uh, and it's a lovely flourish if you know, you're know you doing a job north of the border, I found. And I've done a few weddings up, up in the Scottish Highlands before. Um, mm. But they're a, they're a wonderful thing to use. But another thistly mm-hmm. look is the teasel the teasel, these grow on sort of wastelands, farmlands. And uh, again, I'll pop a little picture up of those, Lou. Uh, They're originally used in wool production for scooping the wool out. Um, Very popular in the 60s and 70s, 1960s and 70s. Um, Great for drying and another wonderful flower for drying for autumn and winter decorations. Along with old man's beard, ivy trails and rose hips, they make a lovely sort of hedgerow chic, deep mid-winter
0: decoration. Hmm, that sounds lovely. And with the drying of the teasels, I assume that with your magical powers, with your silver and gold spray, Paulie, one could possibly spray a few of those little babes up and make them look a bit Christmassy, perhaps?
1: Were you about to say Gilville, Lucy, my gold and silver combination of gold and silver spray? Because that's exactly what would be lovely on the milieu. Well done. You're getting the hang of this, aren't you, darling? <laughs>
0: Mm, Yes, I was going to say that, but I actually couldn't remember the word you used for the gold and silver. That's why I was slightly flapping about there. But yes, (laughs) Gilver, love it, love it. Um, Yes, that all sounds great. And I have to say, the way you describe that, I'm getting a great visual picture of the height and the texture of these thistles and oryngiums and teasels. Um, And with gathering of the other blooms, wow, that's a real textural overload in a great way. So I will definitely be having a go at that. Uh, Thistle flowers are actually important sources of nectar for all our UK pollinators, like bumblebees, and favourite nectar sources for many butterflies. They also provide important sustenance through their seeds for goldfinches and even hummingbirds, which feed on the flowers in the biennial species of the thistle in Canada. That's a nice one there, like a hummingbird. Not that I've ever seen one on my list. Um... It was recorded that Pliny and medieval writers had thought that the thistle could return hair to bald heads. Don't think that's going to work. And in the modern... uh, Sorry. maybe I'm just imagining them. I don't know how they would have applied a thistle, but maybe they should have worn a thistle instead of their hair. But anyway. Like a sort of Um, rustic
1: medieval toupee sort of thing. I don't know.
0: Yes. Loving that. Yes. Love the idea of that. Uh, And in the early modern period, it had also been believed, this is the thistle, obviously, to be a remedy for headaches, plague, oh dear, uh, canker sores, vertigo and jaundice. Pryki! The thistle has been the national emblem of Scotland since the reign of King Alexander III. For all you historians there, that's 1249 to 1286. The Scottish thistle appears on silver coins that were issued in 1470 during the reign of King James III. He was 1466 to 1488. And early in the 16th century, it became an integral part of Scotland's coat of arms. And has, of course, appeared on many subsequent coins issued since, some of which are still in circulation today. The thistle has also been an important symbol of Scottish heraldry for over 500 years and represents one of the highest honours the country can give an individual. Founded by King James VII of Scotland in 1687, the most ancient and most noble order of the thistle is an order of chivalry which is bestowed to those who have made an outstanding contribution to the life of Scotland and the greater United Kingdom. Her Majesty the Queen alone invests those orders, and in the order of the thistle, which is second only to the most noble order of the garter in precedence, she's the one that anoints you with that absolute privilege. So there's a wow. There's a thistle with a royal touch. Wow,
1: wow. Definitely.
0: Today, the Scottish thistle is seen on everything from sporrans and jewellery to soap and tea towels, and it's a Scottish symbol recognised all over the world. So that prickly weed there, Paulie, with its crowning purple glory on the top, has come a long way through history, don't you think?
1: Gosh, I mean, it really, really has. I mean, it's it's the true representation and the embodiment of Scotland. I mean, but as we know, there are many other native flora and fauna here in Scotland that are equally engaging and enchanting. And we're going to focus on one of the others in our flora got my wrong teeth in today, Lucy, in our Floriography Fun Facts this week. And um, it's a bountiful ground covering everywhere you look here in late summer or early autumn. It is, of course, or bagpipes, the lovely, hmm. beautiful, soft Heather. And <laughs> who's she, you may ask? Well, Heather Ew. is like a luxurious. Textural carpet that covers many lowlands and highlands with purple and pink hues, standing out against an otherwise green and browned landscape. And it just creates the most incredible colour change as we move into autumn, providing Scotland with another incredible floral bounty. And you know, yesterday we drove across from one side of Scotland to the other. I, I could do names. Um, Aberfeldy to somewhere else. Um, and oh, we lovely. drove through these amazing rocky soft, mossy, heather-covered areas, and it was Mm. just slightly purple light. It's just beautiful. Gorgeous. Just Gorgeous. Um, But in Victorian times, um, in the language of flowers, floriography, good old floriography, I still can't say that, you see, floriography, um, and that was the way that people sent secret messages without the need for words. So purple heather was a symbol for good luck, and white heather symbolized protection, or a message that your wishes would come true. Isn't that lovely?
0: Oh, I wish somebody would give me white heather. I'd love a few of my wishes to come true. (laughs) Mm, So while wild Scottish heather is most often some shade of purple, and obviously the white being more rare, and legend has it that in the 3rd century AD, Malvina, daughter of the legendary Scottish poet Ossian was betrothed to a Celtic warrior named Oscar. Tragically, but not unexpectedly, Oscar died in battle, and when Mulvina heard the news, she was heartbroken. The messenger who delivered the bad news also delivered a spray of purple heather that Oscar had sent as a final token of his undying love for her. It is said that when Mulvina's tears fell onto the purple flowers in her hand, they immediately turned white and she was heard to say, although it is the symbol of my sorrow, may the white heather bring good fortune to all who find it. Even today, white heather is considered to be lucky, especially for brides, and adding a spray of it to your bouquet, ends, or table decorations is very popular.
1: Mm. I'm loving that, Lucy's all these dramatic sort of legends and heartbreak and tragedy, it's amazing. The- the sort of roller coaster of the, of the heather. It's fabulous. But I, I do think white heather is incredibly chic. And um, I once did a wedding and I had all the way down the aisle, masses of candles in beautiful hurricane lamps um, interspersed with tons and tons of beautiful white heather plants. And they just look so lovely. And as everyone, everyone left the church, they were all asked to pick one up. And then they walked across the lawns to the reception in this beautiful castle, and everyone was carrying a white heather pot each. And it just looked, I don't know, it was sort of Dr. Zhivago meets, I don't know, something Scottish. Um, Yeah. What's a big Scottish Somebody the
0: Bruce. Somebody the Bruce? Who's that?
1: Roy? No, that's Roy. George, would it? Bruce the Bruce.
0: Hmm, I don't know. Wasn't anyway, could put... you, anyway, any listeners, yes.
1: just do let us know. Um, mm. But what a lovely thing. I mean, and I just love that. Um, mm. And actually, yesterday, um, I was at a friend's house up here, and I bumped into a lovely old friend, um, the lovely, lovely Jordan. And he is a botanist, and he said he'd love to say a few words on his favourite Scottish blooms. Take it away, Jordan.
2: Hi, I'm Jordan Cowie, and I'm absolutely delighted to be asked by Lucy and Polly at Fabulous Flowers to talk about heather and thistle. So starting with thistle, so the first thing that comes to mind is always that it embodies identity and pride of Scotland and this beautiful flower that just features on so much of her artwork, our her heritage, poetry and her symbolism. You can just imagine these rugby players belting out a flower of Scotland and immediately your mind goes back just picturing it in these valleys and glens, standing proudly above the heather, whooshing in the wind and it's just a beautiful picture of peaceful, bliss Scottish Highlands. Speaking for myself, I'm at door-going Hill walking through the glens and sitting by on a well earned rest with my tartan scarf and looking at this picturesque, colourful backdrop of the heather, enjoying the purples and the browns and these majestic thistles standing tall amongst the dramatic, rugged green mountainous landscapes. It just gives you so much pride and happy to be a Scot. I think culturally as well, we sort of bring it into our own. It features the, every Scottish wedding, bus and every good occasion, like high school prom, burns night. And when you put it on and you're wearing your kilt, you really do feel you're ready to go and have a great time and enjoy the Scottish identity. One just associates the thistle with happy, positive occasions and with great continuity. I have many happy memories of it in my own garden, so easy to grow, wild along the borders, great addition and I'd highly recommend it. It gives a great display. You just snip it off and pop it in a jar. It's fabulous. And it's a perfect national emblem and an absolute must for any occasion or Scottish floral design.
0: Well, goodness me, Paulie, that was a piece of luck, wasn't it? You bumping into the lovely Jordan and how lovely to hear his passion on all Scottish things there.
1: Absolutely. And it's so nice to hear it from the horse's mouth, as it were. He's a lovely chap and he clearly knows his stuff. Mm. Um, but moving on, Lucy, mm-hmm. as we are entering the month of September we have, of course, a new flower of the month. September's birth flower is the aster, which is said to represent both love and daintiness. So that's one for all of you if you're born in September. I love an aster. They're very Mm. cheery. Um, And as for all you Virgos out there, so with a birthday between the 23rd of August and the 23rd of September, the zodiac sign of Virgo is accompanied by the bright and diminutive Buttercup. Love a buttercup. Mm. So cheery. Virgos are very analytical, observant and thoughtful by nature. The buttercup denotes a sense of stability and neatness, two virtues that are also associated with those lovely Virgos.
0: Mm, Gosh, neatness. No wonder my husband isn't a Virgo.
1: Mine. No. Anyway,
0: <laughs> nice that, Paulie. Good to get our Flowers of the Month and Star Sign Blooms right up to date. Thank you very much for those. As usual, everybody, we are love, love, loving the photos that we're receiving from our Fabulous Flowers TV followers. And it would be great to get some thistle and heather-inspired pictures tagged and sent. So please go for it. Get your photo. Tag us at Fabulous Flowers TV, all one word. And we'll be able to see it, comment on it and share it on all our social media for everyone to enjoy.
1: Absolutely, Lucy. Brilliant idea. I love that. Or or if you really can't find any thistles in your hedgerows, order some from your lovely local florist. They are called eryngiums. Don't forget that. Or there is a really super one I've forgotten to put in, Lucy. It's a very, very pale white one and quite spiky, but gorgeous. And it's called Miss Wilmot's Ghost. So I will definitely put a little Miss Wilmot's Ghost up. They're quite spooky and wonderful. Mm. Um, But in the meantime, all go foraging in the hedgerows, but do take care with those spiky beasts. Pop some gloves on because they won't be liking you very much.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So that would be nice if you get some spiky blooms there. Pop them with anything you see fit. Take a picture, send it. Can't wait to see those. And thanks for the advice there, Paulie. We don't want any thistle-induced injuries. Well, I guess that's about it for this week. I imagine you'll be wending your way back over the border in due course and back down to the weekly contracts and whatever other floral fancies may come your way.
1: Yes, yes. Sadly, my um, Scottish odyssey will be coming to an end, Um, but I'm very much looking forward to rolling my sleeves up, getting back to the market, um, getting a few blooms, getting my lists together for next week's displays on the contract round with my lovely girls, and, um, yes, really looking forward to getting back down to everything flowery in town.
0: Mm, quite, poorly. Well done, the Paul Hawkins Flowers girls. I'm sure you can't wait for that list. Um, and, of course, Mungo, who I know likes to jump in your van poorly and accompany you as some kind of floral mascot.
1: Yes, the little beast. That is Mungo, my little ginger. Uh, What is he? No, he's a Lucas Terrier. (laughs) It's all the Scottish air, darling. I've loved this Scottish-inspired episode, Lucy, from up here in the Highlands. It seems I took the high road and you took the low road this week, but I'm already looking forward to our chat next week over the airways to discuss all things fabulous and floral.
0: Yes, as am I, Paulie. But for this episode, that's about it, I think. Wishing you safe travels back down south and i'm off to finish off the name tapes that i've got to sew on my daughter's new school tights so oh, that'll be nice um in preparation for her return to that now lesser known educational environment the school so until <laughs> until next time it's a goodbye from me goodbye
1: and absolutely yes it's a, okay the new goodbye from me too